and welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's a show about how everything is posting. Uh, my name is Hussein. Uh, my cough is gone, mostly. Uh, big, big, big claps for me. My name is Phoebe. Um, I'm, I'm still coughing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still coughing. It's still happening. But oh, it's, no. it's, it's on its way out. It's on its way out. Okay. Well, I, I hope you don't have to like deal with it for as long as I did. Mm. And I hope that it actually goes and doesn't like linger. Mm. Um... And this week we uh we're actually joined by a returning champion, a returning friend of the show, uh, Simeon Brown. Uh, you might remember Simeon as being, and he still is actually, the author of Get Rich or Lie Trying, <laughs> the ambition in the seat of the new influencer economy. That title hasn't changed. That signifier hasn't changed. Uh, he's but, it, also, but it's been so long that yeah. the book is now out in paperback. Ah, okay, yeah, buy it in paperback and buy it in hardback. Um, you know, do be one of those guys. Buy it, buy it in both. Uh, it is, it is very good. Uh, I we return to it a lot, like when we're sort of thinking about episodes and like including this one. Um, but Simeon also uh, is a reporter and a producer and a commissioning editor at Channel Four uh, News. Uh, Simeon, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, things are going very, very well. Thank you very much for having me back. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And like, uh, so on this episode, actually, and we're gonna like get started on it quite because we got quite a lot to unpack. Um, you know, we've we've been like watching quite a lot of stuff this month. Uh, we've been well, been on our screens, but that's just I guess because, uh, in this case, like a documentary came out, uh, and I found it, uh, I found a trailer of it on uh, on my YouTube recommendations, uh, and and it kind of like immediately popped out as something that could be quite interesting, uh, even in regards to like sort of influencer types of kind of promotional content. This is a documentary called KSI in Real Life. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's been advertised, and I think I've seen a couple of billboards uh, for it. It um, follows the, uh, it, I don't know if it follows the life per se, but it's a documentary about uh, KSI, the sort of British influencer who is also a, the Wikipedia describes him as a YouTuber, a rapper, and a boxer. Um, <laughs> uh, but also like is a CEO <laughs> of like multiple places, kind of runs does you know what actually the ksi sort of came up recently because um him and logan paul released that energy drink called prime right that costs like so much money um i think like you can you can buy one bottle of it online for like 35 euros i i'd never seen it until i was working in my wife's uh parent shop well because we were running it uh on the weekend while they were away and they have like a case of it and each bottle costs about 15 pounds they, they managed to get a case of it. Um, yeah, like my my father-in-law knows people who knows people. Wow, he's really <laughs> and, so, connected. And, and so he shows me this thing and like he's hidden it under like free blankets, right? Um, And when he's like, I've got something special to show you. And I was just like, okay, this, I really hope it's like something cool. Like, I don't know, like a sword or something. But no, he like unveils these free blankets and there's just, like this case of like this bright green prime drink. And he's hidden it under so many layers because he because he told me that there have been like a various shopkeepers in that area of East London where his store is who have had their cars broken into because they've been trying to steal Prime. To be honest with you, I was going to ask if he had security because that stuff is really <laughs> flying. Well, the cash and carries like where they get their stuff from, they keep the stuff in like a secured area of the cash and carry, which for anyone who has ever been to like a bookers or something is genuinely one of the funniest things. Uh, that you you will have heard of considering like how disorganized lots of cash and carries are. But the reason why is like because these drinks are worth a lot. And we sold, I think, 10 bottles at 15 pounds a bottle. Crazy. It was like it was just insane. Like it all of it was completely insane. I didn't understand any of it. 
Um, but it just sort of reminded me that, well, like KSI is still not only very, very relevant, but very, very popular. Um, yeah, so we watched the documentary and um, I had some thoughts on it. I thought it was actually like a much more interesting than I expected uh, okay. when it comes to like influencer documentaries. I guess because like I've seen a lot of like puff piece documentaries that um, and I'm not saying it's like the most interesting thing that I've ever seen. I just think that like there were parts of it that I didn't expect to see and I thought was kind of like an interesting sort of approach to it. Before we go into the details, uh, both Simeon and Phoebe, I wanted to uh, know your like overall thoughts on the film. Uh, Simeon, do you want to go first? It's an interesting one because so I, in addition to writing off to get rich or like trying, at the moment I'm also an executive, so commissioning actually long form programs, which are like 30 minutes, an hour. And the documentary I knew was being made by Mindhouse, which is Louis Theroux's production company. And they are really kind of masterful at producing television, making it engaging and being like real experts in craft. So because of the kind of journalistic prowess that they have, I was kind of curious as to how deep it was going to go, because usually when you get access to people like KSI, mm. they're has been a propensity not to probe as hard into certain areas because largely they have more bargaining they have more bargaining power than say a documentary about your average man on the street. But I, I was I was curious. I think that if you are a KSI fan or you followed the kind of momentum or his content, I think you would have find it quite engaging. It's quite well told. Um, he obviously comes across somewhat charismatic. I don't know if I entirely believe the narrative arcs they were trying to kind of create some things felt slightly overproduced in places and some things felt <laughs> under under examined in other places obviously it was kind of well shot um the craft was there in that sense um with the nature of these kind of documentaries that they're obviously hoping that the sheer size of his audience can kind of create uh, an audience for the program as well whilst also making it something that can be kind of populist for anybody who just happens to be browsing and wants to watch it because they've heard vaguely KSI and want to know what it's about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your average viewer would have been charmed by it. They might have been charmed by him in it, but I don't know if they would have been charmed by the film in itself. I don't think that it was revelatory enough. Yeah. But, um, but certainly I think that KSI seems to be happy with it. I don't know if that's a good sign of, of, of journalism. <laughs> um, but he seems to be happy with it. I think that as a product, I thought that it was, you know, well-crafted, um, well-crafted. Um, and yeah, no, it, 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 it was interesting, but I definitely see it as more content than I do journalism. Mm. Yeah, for sure. sure. That's interesting. But yeah, because because I suppose if you're making if you're making content about somebody who makes content, at what point, um, at what point are you kind? Are you sort of drawing the line in the sand uh, between content and content and content and content and content? And at what at what point? Um, at what point are you kind of sort of taking the lens away and actually kind of digging into like digging into the kind of the themes that are sort of coming up when we talk about influencers when we talk about the influencer influencer economy? Um, I'm interested in what you say about um about it being aimed at ksi fans and the idea is that it's bringing ksi fans over as well as being for like a kind of a lay person who's just 
who's just sort of looking around on Amazon for something to watch because this is definitely something that I remember from when I was working under a commissioning team is that people are obsessed with trying to get young people to watch TV and and it's all and it's like all commissioners certainly not certainly like this was commissioners at BBC comedy they were fixated on like <laughs> how do we get young audiences how do we do it how do we do it how do we do it and I quite often was just like not like this just absolutely <laughs> just never never like this lads trust just trust me like I know I'm not young either but I know for a fact <laughs> that no teenagers are gonna watch something which is about teenagers written by a pack of men in their 30s like they're just not because they're gonna think it's weird they're gonna go back to watching whatever it is they watch which is made by people that they identify with which seems like a pretty obvious point but um apparent apparently not what what i thought was it what i thought was interesting about this this documentary was like obviously i didn't go into it expecting to find some kind of searing critique of um of influencer culture or of the influencer economy and in fact if you if you if you want to read that then you should you should just read simeon's book to be honest with you you should not watch this documentary if that's what if that's what you're looking for but what I found, uh, what I found interesting, is the way that it like hit the beats of what is understood to be about how you tell a compelling story about somebody who is very well known. So there was a lot of focus on um, on his relationship. There was a lot of focus on his relationship with his parents. There was a lot of focus on him talking about his mental health, but they didn't really, they didn't really kind of dig into what kind of effect his like astonishing level of fame and the astonishing level of uh, intrusiveness and and often very negative feedback what kind of corrosive effect that might ha that might be having on his mental health so there'd be a kind of five minute segment where there was sort of sad music playing and he would say yeah so I was you know having trouble some days I was having trouble getting out of bed and you think oh, okay here's here's mm. the bit where he talks about his mental health here's the here's the mental health bit are we going to talk about this in any kind of anyway as it as it pertains to the structures that he's living under and the, and it just isn't they kind of gloss over it they kind of leap over it um and there's particularly this this bit which I was talking about before we started recording where they do this kind of wipe through of these like horrifying violent racist comments that get left under his under his videos and the and the and the makers don't seem to be interested in questioning what kind of effect this is having this is going to be having on on a on a on a young person who's just who's just become famous making sort of making videos using equipment that he just has in his house i mean he is he is quick to say that he doesn't feel that he has any particular talent that he just he's just good at working hard 
which th- that's another bit that I wanted to talk about the uh, the hard work section because that seems to be something that's like a real commonality that kind of runs through whenever you try to kind of pin an influencer down on on kind of how they're operating within this particular attention economy it always comes down to well you've just got to work hard it's something that everyone can do you've just got to work hard and this very kind it's, of it's, yeah the, the subtle ideology the subtle ideology of of the influencer economy basically this digital factorism effectively yeah exactly yeah that, in fact that yeah. is in fact that is the almost the exact note that i've got <laughs> that i've got here mm-hmm. um so good i glad glad we got the glad we got the same thing out of it um but yeah, I thought that I thought that it was strange to spend a good 10 15 minutes talking about why why he broke up with his girlfriend and basically not even a second on what it might mean for for a young black man to be reading thousands upon thousands of violently racist commentary. Um and there was also a bit which they didn't seem particularly interested in going into in any detail, where they interviewed some of the they interviewed some of his fans, and some of them said, um, "I like that he does all kinds of different things." Um, some of them were saying, uh, "When my life is hard, I watch his content and it cheers me up," which I think is honestly, I think is the most kind of wholesome iteration of of a relationship that uh, that a fan might have with a content creator like that's quite nice i think that's fine that doesn't that doesn't kind of raise an eyebrow at all from me but there's a bit when he's talking about his fans and he says oh yeah there's nothing there's no exploitation there like there's no there's no falsity there there's no um it's not it's not this is not a kind of parasocial thing that i'm that i'm relying yeah. on that my work relies on um these people are my friends. They're they're my friends. We know each other. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I noticed that as well. And it was at that point there when it did feel very promotional. Whenever mm. influencers do this whole, these are my fans, and they talk about them like they're friends, when really what they mean to say is these are my consumers. Yeah, these are my customers. You know, these yeah. are my customers. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And and I and I felt like the lack of interrogation there really compromised a lot of the integrity of of the documentary mm. and it was really like you say it stood out for you and it was really a lot of things a lot of times i don't know the seams of a documentary the better mm. documentary they're kind of concealed but that yeah, one yeah. was quite overt like yeah is, are, we, are we just going to leave it there mm. uh, and then the, you know you could talk about you mentioned kind of race race i found race and ksi race and class is so interesting with ksi mm. yeah because it's it's not entirely common right to have Basically, you know, a black influencer, the leading black influencer, with a predominantly white fan base. Usually, mm-hmm. people speak to a community that usually looks like they're primarily. Mm-hmm. And then his relationship with them has been quite interesting since he started out. Racial abuse has been a part of it. I remember him even saying that when he first started doing videos on FIFA, where you could just hear his voice, and I think he's privately educated. Um, People assumed he was white, and then when they saw he was black, he said that they, he lost followers, and they and, and they switched off. That's what he said in an interview on Channel Four News. Mm. And you know, he kind of has this kind of nervous laugh where he responds to yeah. so many things with like a 
uh, with a laugh that kind of conceals as opposed to anything yeah, else, yeah, which yeah, is so yeah. interesting. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I felt like there's, a, there's, there's something there to kind of look at and pick at, and it kind of just missed the mark mm. com- completely. I had yeah. a question about... Sorry, Phoebe, we're going to ask something else. No, or... no, no, no. That was just, I, was yeah. just, I was just agreeing. <laughs> I, I was I I had a question about um and Simon you mentioned this like with like your sort of commissioning editor brain intact um about like what happens when I don't know that that conflict about I suppose like wanting to explore the kind of like interiority of this character and sort of like the mental health issues that he talks about not just on this documentary but like in a lot of his content and I I think like from what I remember because there's so much KSI in like Sidemen which is like the group the YouTube group that he's in. Um, they've like talked about like they've done like mental health posting a lot, like you can imagine. Um, and as you kind of have said, but like this documentary doesn't, it sort of acknowledges that he has mental health, like, you know, that this type of fame has really affected his relationships and his mental health. And like it alludes to some of it, but he doesn't really address it. And when he is kind of pressed to do it at times, he kind of avoids it, especially when it comes to his girlfriend. And I suppose like my thinking at the moment is. What happens when, like, or do do you, do you imagine this to sort of be a situation where, like, the documentarians wanted to sort of do this kind of, you know, not maybe a really kind of in-depth study on him, but at least to sort of like get into the kind of psychology, like his psychology and like the way that he thinks about things and the way he moves through the world. Um, they're then like very aware that okay, this is going to be quite difficult to do because he's guarded and like clearly has sort of been conditioned to be guarded, but. Because he's KSI, he's going to bring us like so many like views and like the demographic that we want. And what? so is the result kind of one where they've kind of pushed through with it on the basis that like he commercially, this is a really good product, but like they just maybe the end product isn't exactly what they want in terms of what they set out to do. Uh, I mean, if millions of people watch it, then it would have, it would have achieved its objectives, which is mm-hmm. fundamentally to be consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone else, someone comes, someone comes to you and pitches access to KSI. It's like, hmm, okay, I think we should do that. I think it's like the, the interest is vague. There was a person yeah. of huge pub, of public interest and what they did at the beginning, which doesn't, which didn't quite carry through, was contextualize him in, as a part of this social phenomenon, this technological phenomenon, <laughs> which, is, mm. which is YouTube. And so it starts off that way. Yeah. It doesn't quite hold where you take an individual and you show how this individual is connected to all these social changes that are taking place. So I, I think that they would have wanted ultimately something that you could watch, something that is engaging, something where he, you get some of the things that we saw, you know, family, um, mental health. So they, they would have touched on all the things that they wanted. But I think that fundamentally you can only get what you get. And if you're, yeah. if the main person is guarded yeah, and, yeah, they, yeah. and they do have boundaries and, you know, he does have a right to have particular boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has his boundaries. He said, "You know, what? I'm not, not going to cross those lines." Then you have to, you have to fundamentally work with that. But it just means that there's a limit on how revelatory that yeah. film is going to be. Yeah, I suppose I was only thinking about because I was thinking about like the distinction between. Oh, I don't know if distinction is the right word, but that's the idea of this documentary as content. And I don't know, like having, like I've experienced this in different ways before, where you know, pursuing stories of uh, individuals who are clearly not sort of going to open up and they're clearly not going to like let you in, but you still pursue it because ultimately like it is a traffic driver or you kind of pursue projects for a long time and 
like what the end product is very much just something that someone like shares on like, the person involved like shares on their instagram page and like that's sort of the objective right um and so and i wondered and i guess i just wondered with like uh with ksi sort of being guarded in some ways but kind of being quite calculated in terms of how much he sort of exposes to the world and i guess this also brings me to the idea about like well he didn't really talk about his girlfriend who he is now with um very much in that documentary but the stuff he does expose in i think also a very calculated way is like this beef that he has with his brother and also the kind of situate the comp the somewhat complicated situation he has with his parents um and like mm -hmm. of the criticism i've seen of that most of the criticism towards ksi around this documentary comes from this accusation that he has used this documentary to sort of like take a shot at his parents and i wondered what whether you had any thoughts about like that especially because it's like and i think that was like for me that was like the interesting dynamic in it just because i hadn't really seen that my take, was, my take was a little my take was a bit different my take comes back to the fact that with influencers everything is you know content everything is there to mm. to, to be turned into spectacle yeah. right and so it was a kind of a continuation of that obviously that his conflict of his brother is obviously well known yes, or yeah. chronicled have been various episodes have driven so many millions of views his brother in his own right is a mega influencer too. You know, he featured this little side character in this film, but yeah. he has like 10 million subscribers himself. Um, so that that was a part that was a part of that. I guess you're looking from recognizing where the producers have been coming from, they'd have been like, okay, so where's the tension? Where can we explore where there are tears in this man's life because of his fame? And I guess the, the easier place to do that was with his family and his and his parents. Mm. But I, my interpretation, certainly from the representation that his parents had, was not of terrible parents. You know, these are like middle class yeah. parents who did their best for him, and he finds a persona online, and so that it 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 wasn't the most convincing hardship story. Mm. Um, and so trying to find that hardship narrative was tricky. And obviously, if you're from a background, especially if you're from a kind of migrant background the discipline is quite right. a, a, yeah, yeah. A, a typical feature so if you're watching yeah. this and you're nigerian from the caribbean or you know past starvation you're thinking sorry so you were lippy one day and you've got a clap from your parents uh I don't, I'm, I'm sorry about that's not giving me abuse so <laughs> yeah. it it that's the way that it has been received online of course we only see so much and yeah. we don't know what has happened in that in the family that we haven't seen right so it, mm. it 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 feels tart to kind of make that a thing when there's only so much that you can see but certainly in the documentary it didn't come across as convincing mm. as as maybe other stories where people have had really kind of toxic relations with their parents it, it didn't feel like a kind of joe jackson and michael jackson you know replay you know it didn't yeah. it, it didn't feel that way and so that makes it feel to some that's made it feel to some viewers slightly disingenuous mm. um and so you're kind of looking for the truth i i did find the um, the beginning with with um, deji when he was talking about how much he idolized his brother and how much he loved him and then maybe some of the hurt from this their shenanigans of course i did find that to be quite believable mm. and i think that's something that actually we we had seen and you can you, you can see how much he looks up to his brother and wants to do everything that his brother's doing all these kind of things um, and has also seen the blueprint and, and the rewards of that. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think that that 
that wasn't one of the strengths of it, although it was a very clear place where they've tried to find some tension. The reason why they've obviously done, they spent so long having up his relationship with his girlfriend, who wasn't his girlfriend, is because obviously the revelation at the end is that they get back together throughout yeah. the filming. So it was a kind of like, they tried to make it a feature so that it could be something at the end, but because you don't see her, she's not a character, the viewer probably doesn't really care that much, you know what I'm saying? So it, it becomes a device, but not one that is as impactful as it could have been. And then, um, you, if anything, you have more kind of questions as to how it is that fame has disrupted that relationship. And, mm. I, and I have all kinds of thoughts and thesis on what it must be like to be a famous kind of a famous young person, wealthy, and the sheer temptation and almost superhuman discipline that you would need to stay focused in all things. Mm. And so I, I think maybe there was a slightly missed opportunity there to really press home that. So a lot of that was quite grey and subtle, mm. but not in a way that really kind of digs deep to the heart of the tensions. But, I thought, um, what was, I thought what, was yeah. interesting, what was interesting there, actually, is that I found myself having a similarly entitled response to how the like how the followers of an influencer get if they feel like they are being shut out of an influencer's private life so when they're like when they're in the comments being like wait so you've had a breakup and you didn't tell us like they are <laughs> like they are entitled to this information like oh what sorry uh i feel like i feel like you know we've been following you we've been making your we've been making your lifestyle um lifestyle possible uh you rely on us for uh for the comments even though you don't like it when you get any negative feedback uh and now you're like hiding your life from us how dare you and i had a similar response which was which was quite interesting because i am not i am not the target audience of of the uh, of any kind of influencer because I am a woman in my 30s it's like it's not it's nothing to do it's this is nothing yeah. to do with me I'm interested so we're going to ignore like the case of prime in the background of your, of your <laughs> look all right you didn't see it you didn't see it and don't ask me where I got it because it doesn't matter don't worry about it I'm gonna sell it out the back of my garage um <laughs> It's probably it's probably actually nice. Is the question? Is it, is it actually delicious? No, it's horrible. No, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried a little bit. I tried a little bit, but it wasn't even that. It was disgusting. It was just that it tasted like still. I I I initially described it on our group chat as panda pop, but it's not. It's um. Do you remember uh back in the day you used to have those like plastic drinks with like the film lid, and you'd have to and you'd like if you buy it, you'd buy it for like fifteen p. You'd get like a red straw, and like it was just kind of a real hit of just sugar and nothing else. Um, and it'd like usually be like either bright red or bright blue or green. Oh um, yeah, and yeah. And oh no, it tastes, I, I love those. Maybe I should try and get myself some prime. It, it tasted like a children's drink, but it's been it's been but it's been marketed as like an energy drink. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where because you know I have strong thoughts on energy drinks and what they should mm -hmm. taste like, and prime mm -hmm. does not taste like what an energy drink should taste like. <laughs> Look, who's got more energy other than children? I think they've I think they've gone down the right. The right route okay. with the flavor yeah, profile. Yeah, and fair it, enough. But, but what, yeah, when I was when I was watching it, even though I yeah, even though I am very, <laughs> I am in. I feel like I am in a in a place where I am able to, uh, to look at this 
at this type of uh, type of culture with a kind of relatively clear-eyed distance because um we we discuss it a lot it's like you know we discuss it a lot for 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 my for my job and i am able to kind of look at it without getting too kind of sucked in because i am not the target audience and i'm not interested in these people i i i don't think that strangers on the internet are my friends but i did catch myself and if they did this deliberately then I sort of take back what I said, and this is actually a genius piece of filmmaking because <laughs> towards the end when they said he's now back together with his girlfriend, my first thought was, yeah, but we haven't been introduced to his girlfriend. I've not seen her. How am I supposed to have got invested in that particular narrative when I don't even know what this girl is? Show me the girl. Show me the girl, and then I'll tell you whether or not I care that you got back together with her. And I think that's like that's like quite an interesting um interesting response to have caught in yourself when you're watching something like this that i mean i, mean, I think it's interesting and uh, it is it's it's quite a subversive way to look at it from a purely kind of storytelling view viewpoint it's just like it's like it's like when a character dies in a play that mm. no one's ever heard of or seen of it's like there's no there's no investment I guess the the real issue the real point that you touch upon is the fact that when you are kind of IRL streamer and you live your life like this in front of the camera it is a kind of deal with the devil Mm. where the whole the whole deal is I am going to be my authentic self and you are going to see everything and you and you are going to have access to me Mm. but then there is no kind of small print where it's like but you're not going to see this this or this Mm. Or I'm going to change the terms of that without you kind of knowing. And so it create, it does create this kind of imbalance. But I would like to think that, well, the, the, your most diehard probably follower or fan is probably, probably expects to have rights 24-7. Mm. But your more kind of passive audience, if you say, actually, I've decided to live my life a bit differently on the internet, and this is only going to see, it's going to be like, cool, fine. I mean, I'm passively watching. Mm. But certainly in the nature of the documentary, it was it was something that they did make a big thing of, mm. um, the split. I, but the, the thing that I found most interesting, actually, in that, in that storyline that they ran was when he's, at, when he's at nighttime and he's talking to like a like kind of older man in his life about, you know, commitment and mm. a partner. And the man's like, you know, sell your royal oats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So your royal oats or whatever, da, 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 da. and I thought it, that was a. It wasn't necessarily the the best lit part of the documentary, mm. but they kept it in, and it was a more raw part, as almost kind of illuminating maybe as a subtext as to why he couldn't settle. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I thought that, that that might have been one of the the, the areas that was more tense and mm. there was more kind of talk about should, should we keep it in should we not keep it in um and maybe something that KSI would not have wanted in or had to be talked around to yeah I think mm. that's very possible another like just going back really quickly to the, to the stuff about his family I I don't know what both of you think about this but I felt a little bit like they were trying to kind of get a little bit of a narrative going about his um, they don't like they don't come out and call his parents abusive, but they d- there's there's definitely some 
there's some insinuations i would say uh that his yeah. that his parents were certainly that they were very pressurizing and sort of cold and unloving and there's even a bit when when he himself says um i used to make these videos with my pet with my parents and Mm. you would you would come you would come away with the with the impression that we were very close um but then when the camera was off it was like we were strangers again which i think yeah. is making a very interesting comment about um about the effect of the deliberate spectacularization of your life and the uh and the kind of the sprinkling of uh of kind of content juice into just sort of just just you know just a kind of straight no no editorial line sort of documentation of 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 your life i mean it's it's putting it's putting across something when he's choosing to involve his family in in these in these videos but it feels like they wouldn't be trying to push this hardline unloving immigrant parents line if he had not been a black influencer. And I don't know what you both think about that, but it just, there's something about it that felt a little bit off to me because mm. lots of, lots of young people who have, I think, I think that the desire to be famous, I think is a sign of, of trouble, of emotional trouble in you. I, yeah. I cannot imagine why anyone would want to be famous. I can understand why someone would want, someone would understand that fame comes as a kind of dark bargain with, um, with being able to create their art or, 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 or play, or, or play a sport that they're good at or whatever. But people who just want to be a public figure, I think speaks to a very particular kind of of disposition um shall we shall we say and I've watched things which are like about other influences and this attempt to kind of really sort of push oh you know because he's growing up in you know he's growing up in this kind of household and they want him to be a lawyer or a doctor is it really so insane that his family don't want their child to be making a spectacle out of them and out of their private lives. I, I tell you, I tell you what I thought was was actually the kicker in that. The, mm. I don't, I don't know if the, the framing of them as cold and you know heartless really stuck because mm. they yeah. just came across as very jovial and you yeah, know very jovial very fun <laughs> they, they got involved in his videos you know what i'm saying like that presentation yeah. didn't it wasn't convincing mm. you know it, regardless of what we what the truth is yeah the presentation doesn't work the, the yeah. thing that really did stick though was when he said they were opposed to me and my life on the internet until they saw how much money i was making and they joined, and then they jumped mm. involved in the videos, and that's when I was like, uh, "LOL!" Like, like money is the root of all evil. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then the, mom, the mom, the mom even had a joke. Like, I was at church, and I told them how much money mom saw was making, and they stopped talking to me. LOL! Aren't they so jealous? I was thinking to myself, like, it, it then became kind of. It then reminded me of just how, like, I don't know. It, it felt. It, it then became like a case of you know how we've historically had people pushing their children into you know, 
the arts or mm. football or whatever. Then it became that kind of a transactional relationship where they realised, you know what, this is this is this despite maybe how outlandish his know, videos are, or even the fact that he gets abuse on their their mental health on him. All those things almost became secondary or non-existent as it was presented in the doc. Mm. The main thing was, okay, this is yeah. work, so this is cool. And not only yeah. is it work, but it's highly lucrative work. And that's the only yeah. thing that matters. Mm. And that, yeah. that, 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 that's the one thing that I took out as like a kind of like, wow, okay, we're really here. Also, I suppose the only like problem with that narrative was that like, even though, even if you accept that like, okay, they like were less harsh on him when he was making money. Um, it's very much like, well, they didn't also, they also didn't seem to really ask him for anything either. So like, yeah, yeah, I could, so that could like land if it's very much the case of like, oh yeah, they started treating me differently once like, you know, I started buying them all these nice things. But it's like, from what I understand, they still live in the same, have the parents still live in the same house in Watford that he mm. grew up in? Harrow, um, I think. Did you say, oh, did you not, was, he, was he not from Harrow? No, it's in Watford. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember because okay. my, my wife was like, one of the what, only things she's- I don't know why I internalized it as Harrow. That's- my, my, that's my wife, okay. yeah, my wife lives around there and like the one only expression or the only thing that she um, expressed any opinion on when we were watching it was like, oh, he's from Watford. Um, so uh, that's, that's, that's how I remember it. Um, but yeah, he still, he still like live in the same house in Watford um, when he was making loads of money and stuff. Like, you know, the implication or like, at least what it suggests in the documentary is that when he started making money, he moved out, not because his parents kicked him out or his parents were like pressuring him to like, share his kind of like youtube money or anything it was because like he just wanted to like leave the house and like focus on making content right and so even that idea that like oh they only took me seriously when i started like making a living like my impression of that was like yeah but that's the same for all of us right true, like my true. like you know i don't know about you simian but like my parents did not take my like ambition to like do media or journalism seriously <laughs> until i like got a job and then they were like okay well it pays you a check. We kind of understand this. See if it works, right? Mm. But like that makes complete sense for like people, especially like your parents and your immigrant parents who come from backgrounds where many kind of creative roots are like, I assume, very much like inaccessible to them. And so the idea of like secure jobs with like secure um, or like the idea of secure jobs with like uh, career progression and stuff is obviously more lucrative on the basis of like, you know, this is how survival works. Mm. We'll be a little bit suspicious about like the idea that, okay, well, you want to make money on YouTube. Also, like at a time when no one really understood how to make money making content, right? I think that that conversation would be very different now. Um, so yeah, I think I agree with you in terms of like the fact that even by even that line of like, and the one, the reason I still brought this up was because when I was thinking about so a big part of this documentary is also KSI kind of moving into music. Um, mm, mm, and, mm. you know, so he's like released like albums and like some of his songs have gone viral and like, you know, so he secured like all these number one like uh, spots and everything. Uh, and, you know, that, that can be a conversation about like, you know, influences and how they are able to sort of like game particular types of like algorithmic uh, technologies in order to do that. Um, but throughout like this documentary, one of the sort of recurring themes that KSI tells the audience, but also sort of tells himself is the idea like what motivates him is the fact that nobody believes in him. And that's very evident also in the songs. So in the snippets of the songs that he that was shown on the documentary, 
so much of it is like, yeah, my haters thought I was shit, but now I'm going viral and like they really want to be me and all these types of things. Um, and so it almost seems as if like he has to include his parents into his list of haters in order for like <laughs> his in order in order your for family, his KSI. Your family are your original haters, or they yes, should be. That, I mean, basically, yes, that is sort of what he implies in this that like my family were my first haters. Um and <laughs> and the reason I also bring that up is because one of the things that his brother mentions, which I actually think is like one of the more profound things in this documentary. Profound might not be the right word, but at least one of the more insightful things in this documentary is the idea that like he like the KSI persona and the JJ persona, which is like his kind of name, uh, or at least like his kind of abbreviated like in real life name, he sees them as two different types of things. And even and KSI even talks about this where he's just like, Yeah, like when I become KSI, I'm a kind of completely different person and like I'm able to detach myself from this kind of real life personality, which from all intents, like it seemed like he just sort of hated it, right? And I think yeah. that was also kind of one of the sad things. And like, I kind of came away from a documentary almost like feeling kind of sorry for him because it was just like, you know, this level of like pursuing fame. And like, Phoebe, when you mentioned this, I think it really rang true. But the idea of like pursuing fame and also particularly pursuing attention is a really kind of, when you think about it, is a really kind of sad thing because it does underlying that is like acknowledging that clearly KSI very much hates a part of himself. And he is definitely like, and, and at least in this documentary, it is implied that he is trying to sort of like unpack and heal that. Although mm. I'm not sure, again, like I'm not sure how sincere that is. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's interesting that his dad said that his posting persona, that his influencer persona is his ego. Because I thought yeah. that was actually a really, I thought it yeah. was a really insightful thing to say. And again, they just kind of just leapt over it and went back to talking about his girlfriend, um, who we didn't see. <laughs> we didn't see. Uh, so I think so I think I think there could have been quite a lot of um sort of fruitful digging into sort of what it actually means to have um to have an influencer persona, to have this to have this uh this this character that you have created that protects the real you from the excesses of of the kind of of the life that you've that you've chosen. But it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really pan out like that because he he comes across as somebody who has who has this quite sort of sort of dark hole like in the center of his psyche that is not being addressed and is not being filled up um i'm mm. aware that we are running close to time but i just had just two more uh, just two more small questions that i wanted to get your you two's take on um well the, f the first is they don't really talk about whether or not he wants to be famous which i think is quite interesting because normally in these circumstances they will have somebody say they'll have somebody say look fame is just fame is just a kind of a part of it i just wanted to make my videos like me and like like me and my brother used to used to write little sketches and this is just what I want to do. I want to, I wanted to, I wanted to make people, I wanted to make people laugh. Um, I want to make music. I want to do this. I want to do that. And that goes alongside with an audience. Um, and if you do it on YouTube, that goes alongside with a very, very large audience because it's not kind of circumscribed in, in the same way that, uh, being on TV is, uh, or kind of or releasing music through kind of more uh, more traditional routes. There's there there are lot there's lots and lots and lots of gatekeeping, and people like to pretend that there's no gatekeeping on YouTube, but that's 
that's that's that's bollocks. There's plenty of gatekeeping on YouTube, and it's and it's it often like how famous you are going to be able to get often collapses along very similar lines to every other um, so-called desirable industry. It just it just it just tends to be in kind of different ways. Um, but do you think it would be interesting to to ask him whether? Uh, whether fame is an object of pursuit kind of in and of itself or whether it's a kind of side effect of the kinds of the kinds of stuff that he's making i didn't feel like the doc really had a major tension between Mm. whether he wanted to be famous or Mm. not yeah and so it was always implicit that he just he he just he enjoyed the attention and wanted to be famous Uh, it started off with the fact that he was i guess nerdy and then you see this evolution of him from this kind of like nerdy suburban kind of kid to mm-hmm. this kind of sexy guy you know doing modeling shoots you know he's styled completely he's now styled like any other kind of afropolitan kind of hipster mm-hmm. and so I, I i didn't really get the sense that that there was this tension where you know, some people who obviously do music whatever they really hate the fame Mm. They really hate the attention and they just want to do their thing. And sometimes they become recluses and all these kind of things. And they, they have anti, they have an anti approach to everything. But I, I didn't, I didn't, if I didn't get that sense. And if anything, I would have, I would have queried if the editorial line was like, obviously he's, he's pursued fame. I don't, and fundamentally on his terms, he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmingly succeeded mm. in everything that he appears to have, I've done mm-hmm. if he's pivoting to boxing if he's pivoting to i guess even tv now if he's pivoting to to anything anything that he's done that requires that kind of fame he, he succeeded but, but really the, the question then becomes is like but at, but at what cost and i guess it tried to chisel at that but it just didn't have the story to really kind of mm-hmm. to really really interrogate that but in terms of in in, t- in terms of that qu- question over where we want to be famous. I never really thought that was in, I never thought that that, that was in doubt. I always thought like if they asked the question, he would have been like, yeah, I want to be famous. Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I, that, that was, that was how it felt. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, we, we actually have, we actually have run out of time because the, the last thing I want, the last thing I wanted to ask is, because I'm always interested when, um, because all influencers have practically have kind of these identical, like you said, digital Thatcherite, um, politics where they where they say well it's all just about wanting it enough it's all about working hard it's all about you have the same hours in the day as anybody else and i'm sure part of that is because um if you say well that's not true because some people's hours are are different from other people's hours then you have to acknowledge uh then you have to acknowledge structural and systemic issues and if you want brand partnerships then you have to stay as kind of politically anodyne as you possibly can um but i i'm just interested in whether or not you found the bit when he was saying the reason that if you want to become a footballer the only reason you're not a footballer is because you didn't work hard enough did you find that convincing or do you think that that's just what you have to say if you are in this job honestly i mean it's like whether it's Molly May or it's KSI, mm. I do believe that there are a generation of people who just believe that. Mm. And I think it's it's the kind of, it's the orthodoxy and religion of our time, you know. Mm. 
hustle culture. Like you just you just you just have to work hard. I guess with my book, right? My book was really uninterested in KSI, Molly May, mm. Kim Kardashian. I was more interested in people trying to kind of clone them and were yeah. failing because obviously so much of the success in that world it does come from one being an early adopter mm. being early being first really matters being super um consistent and being first and then obviously then there are other other factors some of them are random some of them are about the kind, kind of content the particular niche that you hit and the sweet spot and the escalation and then obviously chasing the conflicts and the and the things that will generate as much tension as possible mm. But it's like, I guess the, the film or the documentary doesn't really interrogate that mm. so much as, 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 as to the how. It just says it's all about the work, about, the, I guess, the people who are trying to become KSI today. And it, the thing is, you make one of these documentaries and, you know, it can go in so many different directions. And I guess what we're interested in is different to what your average viewer wants mm. to kind of watch. They don't necessarily want to grapple with these intellectual ideas and questions. And, you know, deconstruct this economy. You know, they just want to see they 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 want to see a guy that they kind of like. He's got a, he's got charisma. They want to see some kind of journey and some movement. Um, and I think that if you're Amazon Prime, you would say that you delivered that particular narrative. Yeah. You in a format which was well shot, well edited. Mm. Um, had his music in, and you know, fair play to his music. His, his, his music is actually decent pop music. I have to say, <laughs> it's not necessarily for me per se, but exactly, yeah. it's it's not actually it's not it's he he's actually succeeded. He's taken this kind of sound, which this kind of different sound of Travis Scott leaning, different leanings, and you know what? He he he's really he just he's just good at he's just great at making content. No matter yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't seem yeah. to matter what it is. And and he said that was just hard work, but that for me actually is talent. So yeah. oh, yeah. is, yeah, there yeah. is no doubt that KSI is a very talented man. No yeah. doubt at all. Because actually, um, being famous is like being famous is it's both a disposition and a talent. I think there's nothing. I think there's nothing particularly controversial about that. And to be able to pivot the way that he's pivoted yeah. as well, um, and you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if. In four years' time, KSI is playing alongside Cristiano Ronaldo in some football league. Or do you know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> it, 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 who, who knows what? But it's, it's um, I think that, I think that, well, if I just want to play the thought, that, yeah, the, the doc would have done what the producers and the commissioners would have wanted it to do. Sure. Yeah. But the reality is, though, is that from us now looking at what it tells us about the actual influence of the economy, the cost of it and the toll of it, mm. it doesn't tell us as much as maybe we would have liked to. No. no, no and also, no. What, the other thing about it is hard is that when somebody has lived their entire life in front of the camera, it's like we've seen it, we've seen so much of it already. Do you know what mm. I'm saying? We've, we've seen so much of it already. So it's like it makes it harder as well to get greater depths. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but like all, all I, all I wanted from it, I wasn't like I said, I wasn't expecting to, um, to be watching a kind of intellect, a sort of intellectual exercise. <laughs> but it would have been nice if the makers had said, if they're your friends, why are you charging them fifteen pounds for an energy drink? Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, since they, since they, since they didn't do that, I think this is as good a time 
as any to to knock this conversation on the head. Yeah, no, this has been a really good chat. Uh, yeah, we unfortunately we have we have to go back to doing we have, unfortunately have to go back to our side hustles of selling Prime out of our out of our cars. <laughs> yeah, right. so, so so on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, and Simeon, thank you for coming on again. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, we did some plugs at the top, but is there anything you would like to plug, or where can people buy your book if they are interested in doing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Get rich or trying. Paperback is actually out this week. Um, I mean, it's available. I like to say all good bookstores, but some of those bookstores don't actually sell it. But um, it's it's online, usual places, Waterstones, um, thebookshop.org, um, Amazon. If that's if, they, if you're that way inclined, so yeah, man. Uh, also, yeah, if you don't if you don't want to pay for it, there are extracts of the book that are online. So there is an extract in the Guardian Long Reads. I think it's called <laughs> Hustle and Hype. There is an extract in Gaudem and there was an extract, I believe, in Refinery29. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of piece together different chapters from the extracts. Yeah, well, I mean, I imagine, I want, I, I haven't looked this up, but I'll look it up when we're done. Like, I wonder if there's like a YouTuber that's basically like summarized your book with one of those like weird animation, you know, those like animations. That, oh, what, uh, with like little reaction faces? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. A lot of the influencers in the book really hated it. Some of them have tried to beat me up on the street. And then you can even see um, some some of the comments on, on Amazon are like, this man is mentioning names for clout. This is a fairy tale story. Do not buy. Wow. I feel, like, I feel like that was an important thing that we should have probably talked about. Maybe next time. Maybe next time, we get you. Maybe, yeah, maybe next time we uh, bring you on. But look, we're not, we're not going to fight you. We're just going to force you to buy all our prime drinks. Um, no, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll put all those links in those show notes. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, you know, there we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast. We have lots of really good bonus content on there. Check that out. Five bucks a month. It helps us do the show and helps us do it ad free. Uh, Phoebe, do you want to do any plugs before we uh, close out? Um, yeah, I'm bringing out an energy drink. So um, <laughs> you can order that off our storefront. Um, subscribe to my Substack. Listen to my Seinfeld podcast. Those are my plugs. Yeah. And also go to the Seinfeld live show. If that, oh, yeah. That, yeah, 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 do that. Do that That's on uh, if there's tickets around. 28th of February at the Vauxhall Comedy Club, um, where we'll be talking about uh, the B movie. Milo has um, a special stripy B costume, which I which I got for him. Um, so that so that's probably worth a look. Check that out. Um, and then finally, uh, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. Listen to Kill James Bond if you do not do that already. Um, that's it from us. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.